gentlemen, we are glad you're here. We are going to get right into it. We are super excited that you're here. Make sure that as Durango tells me every time, Adam, you got to tell them to make sure that they like and subscribe and to smash that notification button. <laughs> is that still right? Are we, are we still smashing? Our hashtag okay. still trending. Is that, what, is that what's happening? Yeah, hashtag okay. smash he says that. Yes. Okay, good, perfect. Aaron, always good to see you. I like your uh, I like your um, Notre Dame ish colored shirt you yeah, have on today. Yeah, it's not Notre Dame ish, but I appreciate that. It's the first. It's time green I'm, and blue. Yeah, cut me some time. slack. Uh, like I have wore like a polo that's not Andy Roof branded in a long time. I feel like, but uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad to carry the banner with pride here. There you this go. You're, you're sticking. You're sticking with the script. Yeah. Awesome. And we're excited with uh, another guest joining us here. Um, you'll notice that whenever we have guests in, we try to make sure that there's some level of um, parallelity. <laughs> I just made that word up. No, but there's some level of cohesion um, between what their business is and, and what our businesses are. And today we've got a... Uh, an interesting guest here with us does a lot in the real estate sector and and uh, some other categories. So uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Start giving us a little bit about your background. Sure. My name is Remington Ramsey. I uh, own a, a magazine that, unless you're in real estate, you probably haven't heard of. It's a trade publication called Real Producers. Um, started that back in 2015. Mm-hmm. And Why did you start that? Can, can, I, can we? Well, if we're gonna go, can I start asking questions already? Or yeah, wanna, absolutely. Okay. Well, I mean, so if we go all the back to the beginning, it was Cutco knives. You guys have any Cutco knives? Did you sell any Cutco? No, knives? but they're at every roofing yeah. convention. They are. Ever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Cutco recruits more kids than the army. That's a fact. Are you serious? Really? Yeah. I so did it's not a know huge that. recruiting company. Huh. Um, and the thing is, typically people's experiences, you sell for a summer to mom and dad and aunt and uncle, and then you quit. So for those of, I was there for 10 years. So for those of us who stuck around, yeah. um, it was a good living. It was a lot of fun. I actually thought I was going to be a Cutco lifer. Um, and I got into a specialty division called Cutco Closing Gifts, where literally all we did was sell knives to realtors uh-huh. and engrave their information on the knife to give as a closing gift. And so, uh, you know, typically realtors are given like gift baskets, gift cards, something yeah, like that, that's right. like consumable. So to have like a really good, I mean, Cutco's really is the nicest knife. So thing. Like okay. So that's good to hear from, sorry, from the, from the inside, yeah. like they are really nice. Knives. Oh, they're really good. Okay. They're, I mean, they're the best. Okay. They're American made, made in New York. We're going to bleep this part out unless you pay us money. Yeah, no, I mean, I still have a lot of, I have family members that still work there, friends, um, great company. And so I originally started the magazine, long story short, to sell more knives. Okay. I was going to the trade shows that you were talking about. I was buying donuts and going to, you know, lunch and learns. And it was frustrating to me to spend so much money and not get the return I thought I should get for the money I was spending on the marketing because there's 10,000 realtors in Indy. At the time, there was 6,000 realtors in Indy. Yeah. And half of them will sell one or less homes. Really? Yep. So I'd be doing all these presentations and I couldn't tell the caliber of the realtor that was sitting in front of me. And there's nothing wrong with someone who sells one or less homes while they're trying right. to figure it out, but they cannot it's purchase. Not, it's not sustainable. They can't, yeah, yeah, they can't afford. So we're kind of all just wasting our time. So to figure out a program that actually reaches out not only to all the real estate companies and sorts them by volume and then brings them into you is something that was a pretty easy concept to sell to vendors and the magazine itself. The content is about the realtors and realtors love reading about themselves and seeing themselves in print. And so everyone yeah. wins. And that's, that was what I started in 2015. That's crazy to me that, uh, your product was so that product specifically cut co was so closely related to the realty field that that's where yeah. the magazine came. Well, people from. wouldn't think about super it. smart. I'm I mean, just, I wouldn't have put the two together. Yeah. I mean, when you're sitting there with like title companies and roofing companies and service service companies to realtors and you're the knife guy, it didn't really make sense right? until you built that brand as the number one closing gift in the city or in the country. And, uh-huh. and so, uh, you know, this would have been five or six years ago, but we, we prided ourselves as being the number one closing gift because there's no one else doing it. I mean, you, your number one competitor was flowers and gift cards. Right. So yeah, it was, it was really lucrative and, and for Cutco, um, for me, it was, it was the right fit. And I honestly thought I was going to sell it the rest of my life. And I kept going to these realtor functions, real estate functions, and they kept trying to recruit me and I just had no desire. But then I realized there was a, there's a quote, um, how do you get rich in a gold rush? You sell the shovels. And so instead <laughs> uh. of, 
instead of actually being a realtor and doing what everyone else is doing, I was trying to figure out more products and services that I could provide the number one trade organization in the world, which is realtors. I see. I'm a marketing guy, and the fact that you started a magazine to market your your services like to me is just amazing, man. Yeah, that is that is totally awesome. You're like, you know what? How do I get in front of these people? I want to talk to more realtors. Let me start a magazine here to do that. Like, that's just amazing. So, well, on that. and I t- I can't take credit for everything we put in the magazine and all that because what I did was, and what I what I continued. This was the number one thing I feel like most people miss when they try to come up with something is they get they have an ego and they get pride about what they want to accomplish. And so they just try to do it based on their own like expertise. And I wasn't an expert at printing or publishing or anything like that. So what I did was I went to 50 real estate agents that I believed in what they had to tell me and said, Hey, if I did this, what would you want to read about? Now, half of them told me not to do it like straight up, like this is not going to work. And the other half like felt bad for me, but still answered the questions. Like no one really thought that a print magazine would work to start in 2015 now flash forward 2023 print's actually making a big comeback like there's niche magazines are a big thing right now so it doesn't matter like our content regardless of if print is big or print is not big will never affect us because really what matters is what are you printing like do people want to read it and is that your only medium that you're sending it to them by and that's why being on the cover of a magazine will never not be cool Yeah. yeah that's like super fascinating to me. Normally we have someone in here and it's not because they're not fascinating, but I'm already seven questions in, but this is super (laughs) intriguing to me. Uh, on how, so, um, let me ask you this. So this magazine, how many, how many copies are you putting out in circulation right now? So in Indianapolis, uh, which is our longest standing franchise, we have, it still just goes to 500. So there's 10,000 realtors, the top 500 agents based on the volume from the year before. So anyone who sells 10 million or more, gets the magazine based on, you know, earning it. Gotcha. And then if they have teams, like their teams get it as well. And then we have social events that we do once a quarter, um, where we get everyone involved, like anyone who was featured and all the sponsors and, uh, we throw a party. And and since then, so it started in Indianapolis since then though, this has branched out over the country, Mm -hmm. over the country. So we're in 130 markets now, uh, nationwide. So if you fly into any major city, we've got one or two, in those major cities. Indianapolis is like size wise. It's not always what determines how many magazines we can fit. It's really like determining based on like the realtors themselves. Yeah. So if you like go to the twin cities, for instance, like you've got, um, St. Paul and Minneapolis, both very big cities that could sustain a magazine, but no, none of the realtors we found out really care to say that they're a St. Paul realtor. Like they either want to be known as a twin cities realtor or a Minneapolis realtor. So we just have one magazine there. So that's kind of what determines where we put them. But gotcha. we're 130 deep, and we've got about 70 to go. Where, um, where are you sourcing your content from? Like, are are you the uh, chief editor, or like who who's picking what material is actually going in the magazine? Well, if you look at like each individual like market, we kind of let the franchise owner determine who's going to be their staff. Oh, okay. So uh, there's, you know, 129 other Remingtons out there that are determining like who. So my dad is actually my editor. He's uh, one of the best. He's way overqualified to be doing it. But <laughs> super good at it. Writes yeah. all the stories and everything like that. And then, it's good to know people. Yeah. It's good to, <laughs> it's, it's good to be related to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would guess you've known him for a long time. I have, and, my and, whole life, actually. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. What a yeah. coincidence. <laughs> But yeah, so I, we let them, and then internally we, um, we have into publishing is actually who prints our magazines. So they print them in Dallas and Wilmington and, um, we, yeah, we ship them all over. Now, do you have, so you give out, um, a copy to the top 500, do other people, uh, purchase the magazine? Yeah. I mean, early on, like everyone wanted it. And so I tried to do my best to like, we didn't make any money off it. I just charged a premium to like buy it. Um, but it, it just got to the point where we, we kind of price ourselves out of people asking anymore because that's not really who we're after. I mean, the point of it, like as an advertiser, like, so, you know, if you take uh, a mortgage company, a roofing company, for instance, like what they care about is not how many realtors they can get in front of is getting in front of like what we talked about before the right realtor, right? Cause you could spend all your dollars for a billboard and get all the wrong calls right. or you can get, the realtors who are the movers and shakers. And not only that, but for some service industries, it's not just getting the realtors that you're, I mean, when you, you could go and market to the consumer and sell, you know, in this case, you know, one roof, one, one job, 
Yeah. Or you can go to the realtor who's doing 40 to 50 of these, and now you've gotten their whole sphere. Not only that, they're some of the best referral sources that you have. Like someone's moving in from a relocation, they call the realtor on a regular basis to see who they use. Where should I go eat? Where do I get my haircut? All those kinds of things. And the realtor loves that because they're usually the first time they're meeting this client. So they need to stay in front of them to get those referrals and to sell that house again. Yeah. I, uh, from a home services company, like it makes sense to me. I can't remember. Um, but I, I work with a lot of realtors as, as you know, uh, and somebody referred me to you or somebody referred you to me. I don't remember, but we met and, uh, we talked about advertising in your magazine. Hold on. Jake is who did it. J- uh, Jake Adams. Yeah. I think is who connected us. Okay. Do you remember Jake? He's yeah, actually he, the one that sat did. down with you. Yes. He's the one I met him right over here at the Starbucks. Yeah. Now that I'm and it wasn't the it. right time. And then you came back. I got a funny story about Jake, but keep going. Yeah, no, that's right. Cause he came <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, cause I was just kind of getting started or whatever, but I think he had two, that's what it was. He had two of my realtors that he reached out to like, Hey, do you know any roofers we're looking for a yeah. roofer? And two of them referred me in. Um, cause like I said, I, I worked with a ton of uh, realtors and then I ended up calling you back a few months later and deciding like print, Print's scary when, when you're a company, you know, you're like, Hey, I don't know how to attract this. What do I do? And I'll tell you what got me about, about you guys is not only is the print and you're in this magazine to the top realtors, but you also get to go to events and mm-hmm. meet them and talk yeah. to them face to face with a couple times a year, actually develop the relationship, develop the relationship. Exactly. Um, and so we ended up you know, developing a whole system for realtors where it's not just, Hey, call us when you have a problem, but like, Hey, let me help you avoid problems by doing pre-listing inspections and stuff. So all of that made absolute sense for us. And so I think we've been with you guys like, is this our second year? Yeah. A couple of years, a couple of years. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that concept of tracking is, you know, as, um, when I first got into it, uh, eight years ago, I sold on a concept. I didn't even have a, um, sample. I was walking around with like a, uh, Kroger magazine that, you know, it's, this it's, is what we're going to do. This is kind of what it's going to look <laughs> yeah. like, but it's not going to be a dog on the cover. So, um, but then as I got into it, as we build, when you build a long term, I mean, when you're in year eight and you're signing one, two and three year contracts, that's a lot of renewal conversations. And so your initial conversation, you're talking about how the fact that you're not going to be able to track this, this is not something. And, the, and when you're making a buying decision, it's really hard to track ROI on a buying decision. So I'll give you an example. Like I drink a lot of Coca. We talked about fitness in the, in the pre-show. I drank a lot of Coca-Cola when I was in college, like a ton of Coke. Uh, more than I like to admit. And then when I hit my mid twenties, like it was the number one reason why I was just like suffering. Like I was gaining weight. I was, so I just stopped drinking it, but occasionally I'll still have one. Right. Like I, I always eat it with pizza. So when I have pizza, so yeah, but total, then, total full splurge. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. It's just like a, Don't you be putting pizza down. No, <laughs> my favorite day of the month or week. Or whatever. So, but occasionally I'll just have a Coca-Cola. Occasionally I'll just break down. And, and I wonder what goes into making me have that decision. Is it because on my drive into work, I had a, there was a billboard. Maybe I saw a commercial, maybe someone in the break room popped up and I heard the sound. Oh, maybe yeah. I smelled it. And what it is, 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 is a, it's a bunch of different things coming together that finally break you down to make that decision. And so when we talk to people about the ad in the magazine, I let them know up front, no, don't even put your phone number in the, in the ad because no one's going to look at the ad and call you. This is a branding opportunity. Like, and I'm being a little facetious. Like sometimes people will go to the ad to find your number, but for the most part, what, what they need to do is they need to see any roofs brand. They need to see the concepts and what you're pushing on a regular basis through your trucks, through your ad and magazines, through a Facebook post, through group posts in, inside neighborhood posting. They need to see people walking around with those logoed shirts and slowly because not everyone today needs the roof fixed or needs a new roof. But when they are ready to make that decision, you have for two years been in front of them to where there's no other option for them. Yeah. And so that's what I have. I mean, that's the challenge I have on a daily basis explaining to people like, cause and a lot of people went to school for marketing. So, but they don't teach you that in marketing. Yeah. They teach you ROI and click to, you know, how much, how much can you make on one click and that kind of stuff. And it's just not that they're not teaching the right things for people to get the right, the true yeah. ROI. Yeah, that's, that's a great way to explain that. You know, there's a reason you're not reaching for a can of RC yeah. With, with that Pepsi, you know, it, yeah. and it's even the sound triggers. associated with it is not like, Oh, it's an RC cola. No, it's Coke. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we talked about that. We had a, a sales and marketing podcast and, and we talked about that as a, a newer company when, when you're brand new, 
like you really do have to focus on the dollars being spent for uh, lead generation. Mm-hmm. Um, but brand is massively important to once you start getting comfortable, start building out your brands so that it is the recognized brand around. And so you have to find the pivot point of when you go, hey, we need to really start doing this. I mean, you should be doing it as early as possible, but I understand some of that branding is a lot of money. And when you're a brand new company or an early company, it's hard to spend, you know, X number of dollars on something that you can't track. But yeah. um, as you grow and if you want to continue to grow and become the brand known around the city or the state or wherever you're you're at, it's you have to have branding. So I agree yeah. with everything that you're saying 100%. Mm-hmm. It's how many touch points until somebody buys, you know, and that's just another touch point. Well, not only that, and when you think about growing a business, sometimes people just think more, better, more, better, eat, you know, and then they just like, if you can get, if you can track back more revenue than it was successful and that's not always true. Like sometimes I'm sure you guys have fired clients. I've fired clients. Sometimes it's about working the way you want to work. So if you find an advertising medium that you enjoy working with the people that are running it, you enjoy the results. And it actually, like in this case, if you look at 500 realtors, there's no way even your company could cater 500 realtors right now. It's it's impossible. Um, it takes, it takes a village in that case. Yeah. I mean, even one realtor who has 10 r- realtors under them on a team and they're catering, you know, doing a hundred, 150 deals. I mean, you multiply that by, you know, 499 others. So sometimes like going into a program and saying, Hey, listen, this gives you the opportunity to build your brand the way you want to and get the clients that you want to and turn away the ones that you don't. And you can stay the same as you want. You can work with the realtors you want. You can work with the people you want is a lot better for the uh, for the mindset of the company that you're dealing with. No, I I 100% agree. And especially if <clears throat> it's not to make this about roofing, but like especially if they're doing the biggest issue that we have with realtors is training them to call us before there's a problem. Mm. Like it takes 10 seconds for them to hit us and say, "Hey, about to list this house, go check it out." Cuz the roof's going to get called out, right? Mm -hmm. They're going to say, Hey, have somebody check out the roof during the inspection. Like almost always happens. And then you're stuck, you know, all the stuff. And I I won't get into the whole pitch, but it's important that they call us beforehand. And the ones that do that kill it. But there's a lot of houses to look at because some have problems, some don't. But Mm. if they're a top 500 realtor, you know what I mean? They're doing a lot of pre-listing inspections or even on the buying side, we look at them for the, you know, the buying agents. Um, and so, uh, yeah, 100%. Like there's no way that we could, we could do that with every single one. Um, I don't remember where I was going with this. Help me out here, Adam. It's on to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's no, just I, working with the realtors you want to work with. The ones that actually Picking and will choosing. do the pre pre inspection. Yes. Thank you. Know. you. Do you find that me. it's like the caliber of realtor? Like, is it a certain um, caliber of realtor or caliber of home where they're actually consistent and it like, is it like a certain price point? No, it's not a price point. Um, I'll tell you who kind of made the, the, the deal click for me was Kelly Huff from FC Tucker. Mm-hmm. Um, she used to, she used to call me and back then I was just like, Hey, call me if you have a problem. And then like, I was always hustling to try to get the deal closed. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause like, I mean, let's face it. Realtors are sales reps. They, you know, they want to help people, but they want their paycheck too. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when you have roof problem and then you got to deal with all of this and you got to have insurance come out and you got all this different stuff. Uh, it's just a lot in a two or three week period. And yeah, sometimes no. a lot of that stuff gets pushed. So Kelly started hitting me up and just going, Hey, like, I don't know if there's a problem or not, but hopefully there is. Cause this roof looks like shit. She hit with text me operate operation, shitty roof. Like go check this out, <laughs> see if we can get a new one. Um, and I'd go out there and look and like in Indiana, like there's been so many storms over the last 10 years. Sure. Like, so if the roof's five years old, it's probably been hit by three storms. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So most of these we went to, we would find storm damage that would have came up anyway. But by, but by doing that, it was preventatory, but she got to list the house for more. Mm. And so she was smart about it. Cause she was getting more money for her clients, which in turn is more money for her. And see, and I hear those stories and that's why I'm, that's exactly what you want to put in the ad. Yeah. Because that's the kind of realtor you want, and that's the kind of interaction you want from start to finish. That's the kind of testimonial and, and marketing campaign that I would build around. Yeah, showing folks where other people have been successful, and that, you know that's I think the biggest key, regardless of what product. You know, when, when you're talking about setting this magazine up and everything, and and um, really getting people to understand the vision of what it could be is key. And and you know, same thing in what you did when you really started. Um, tagging in with realtors and the pre-listing expe- inspections and all those kinds of things. It's getting them to understand clearly the why behind 
why this is significant. Yeah. And, um, which is a great book, by the way, if no one's ever read it, start with why Simon Sinek. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of people have read that book, but two perfect examples of, of how that can help your business flourish. Yeah. Well, we're 18 minutes in and we finally have got an answer to the first question that I asked. (laughs) (laughs) No, keep going. Give us a little bit more on your background. everything. So, uh, I don't know where I stopped, but that, uh, yeah, knives, that was my first real job. I mean, I, I grew up mowing lawns. I was talking to somebody about this, uh, yesterday. So you've been around blades your whole professional career. Okay. (laughs) Sharp things, sharp things. Uh, no, I mean, so I write a lot now. Mm. Um, I read and I write a lot more than I did even when I was in college and I really enjoy it. And I'll write often about this concept of when I was growing up, uh, mowing lawns was my first, I was an entrepreneur. Obviously I was trying to build that. Um, so I could buy more basketball cards. (laughs) <laughs> there was a basketball I lived in Muncie and there was a so for those of you from Muncie who are listening the around Ball State Jackson and Tillotson the main intersection there I live behind that speedway everyone remembers the house with the lions that was my aunt and uncle and there was a card shop a basketball card shop and I would go and every time I'd get enough money to get a new pack I'd immediately go over there it wasn't I wasn't great at building the business <laughs> um, early on so um but I, I often think about like, you know, the, the, the toughest parts of your day, even when I was, uh, you know, selling knives and now running a um, publishing company it, so I'll be, I'll be driving home on a tough day and I'll look and I'll see some guy mowing a yard or like a, a landscaping company mowing. I'd be like, I could do that. I could do, I could drop everything right now and just mow you. Let it all go and just get out there, me and the lawnmower. Because everyone thinks about like, you know, the toughest part you think sometimes you can only in your head think about the toughest part of your day. And you, when you're thinking about that, you're not thinking about the landscaper who's really struggling to like keep up with gas prices and all the issues that you have. It's just, it's truly a, uh, a grass is greener situation. Right. But I went from uh, mowing lawns to, to knives to uh, running the magazine. And now since then, um, I've got my hand in a few different businesses. I really enjoy real estate and all the things that it has to offer, you know, with rental properties and, and growing uh, wealth that way. But um, most recently uh, created a sports bar. Um, and oh, really? there was a, a Bricks franchise in Fishers, downtown Fishers. Uh, right by the mayor's office that was ran for two years and then went under mm-hmm. and then a new brand bricks franchise came in and ran it for two years. And then that went under and wh- our office where, um, where I work typically is in downtown Fishers and there's like five or six walking distance restaurants. And that was one of them. So, uh, my business partner flash forwarded today, we would walk past that and be like, man, we would hope they put something really cool in there. Like hopefully a third bricks comes in here so we can eat, eat our pizza and salads. Um, and ultimately what I think really hurt people in that area is the parking like Fisher's Fisher's people aren't used to parking in garages. It's not downtown, like the entire North side, they just don't like parking in garages. So they just literally won't do that thing if they have to park in a garage. So, but bricks would close at nine. There was a lot of, there was a lot of things that I think contributed to them not being successful. And we're like, if we put a nightlife, like I would be out in Fishers, there was no place to watch Monday night football. Everything closes at nine or 10. Isn't that so weird that not to stop for too long on this, but there's a, there's a restaurant not far, literally right in between where he and I live in between our houses, great little family restaurant. They're closed for Sunday night and Monday night football. Yeah. I'm like, you guys are missing yeah. <laughs> like the hugest they, opportunity from a I revenue perspective. They got to have a suburb thing or what? But as a family like restaurant, like you got to have days off. I think like if, if, if they're running it the whole time, pick a friggin' Tuesday, not Monday night football. Like, you know what I mean? Maybe, I, maybe, I don't know. Hey, maybe they had it open in their numbers. Well, let's there. see how it works. So evidently so anyway, this changed. Well, so <laughs> it's, it's, we're cheating though, because we are a sports bar. Like we have to be open for those. But okay. Like I would, I would be out for, you know, Sunday night or Monday night football and have to go home at halftime. And that's just who wants to do that. Like the whole reason you, you got out. Um, I think Monday is typically like on the weekend. The reason why most, it, uh, even in small towns, like Monday is the day they choose to just be closed. Yeah. Um, is because just revenue numbers as a typical restaurant are just mostly down on Mondays. And if you're going to do something like that, you want to pick a day where people are used to it, even though they hate it. 
Um, but yeah, we decided to put something that had nightlife. And so we have bands playing on the weekends, um, even on just sunny days in the middle of the day, we have brunch. Oh really? Um, so yeah, it really became this community culture that, um, it's destination now. Like we, I, I, last week I realized like we, we hit it big in our own heads when people, there was a, like a bachelorette party, like, or, or a birthday party and they had those birthday crowns and a bunch of, you know, uh, girls in their thirties, you know, chose Parks Place Pub to to go for their birthday, and it, it, for me, I was like, "That's cool." Because typically, yeah. with, like when I was growing up, Broad Ripple downtown, there's certain areas where you go so you can go bar hopping, or you know, yeah. and and Fishers was just not that, at least in that area. And the district is pretty cool, um, but to have a place, there's really not a place to go bar hopping. So if you're going to Parks Place Pub, you're either taking an Uber somewhere else or you're staying there. So to have that environment, it was pretty cool. You guys have yeah. a, you guys have a patio, right? We got a patio. Yeah, yeah. We spent all of our profits in year one to create that patio. But it's, <laughs> it's been worth it. Like it is really fun atmosphere. We, there. we pick, I think that was smart. Like we pick restaurants based off patios. Yeah. Yep. Like who's, who's got a, who's got outdoor patio we can yeah. go to. And, and, and the number two thing is music. music. The number two thing is <laughs> yeah. music. Who's got music going on? Absolutely. So yeah. Yeah. that's a whole, that's a whole other scene. I, I don't manage it. Our other uh, operating partner does that, but um, find, dealing with bands and finding the right ones and then paying it attention to the clientele if they like the bands how often you have the bands it's a whole business in itself not only that it's like you gotta it's kind of almost reverse too when you start having bands because that band is going to bring a following as well so who do you want who do you want in your place on a regular basis too yeah yeah sometimes and sometimes they don't um and sometimes they bring the wrong crowd so like having and knowing you know is it worth paying this band more knowing that they're going to bring a bigger crowd like yeah yeah bigger crowd of bikers into the middle of fishers <laughs> <laughs> we've done we've done poker runs for uh, a biker uh no it's not a biker game but they, they ride from harley yeah they go from spot to spot yeah. they do those hey things. pal it's a motorcycle Rhythm. club first of all no, <laughs> adam was gonna wear his uh, cut today but decided uh, yeah. against it yeah uh, you have my, a my branded cut yeah. <laughs> is that the thing a cut i think that's what they call it right like the you yeah, sounded pretty though. confident about it I don't watch, try to pack pedal now i watched sons of anarchy like <laughs> 15 years oh, okay. ago, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's so funny. Oh you God. you don't you you seem like a guy who rides a motorcycle. Uh I had a uh crotch rocket back in the day when I was like 21, yeah. um an old jixer. Uh, glad you're still here. And then thanks, man, because I did some shit where I probably shouldn't have been. (laughs) Uh, And then uh, as I got older, I did. I got a Honda Shadow Cruiser, and then I was like, "This is way more comfortable than being like, (laughs) you know what I mean." And so I cruised that for a while. But then I think when I had my second or third kid, I I sold it. Uh, I just didn't get used very much. We were busy. We got kids, you know, all of that good stuff. So now I got uh, four wheelers, and kids ride four wheelers with me. Yeah. That's pretty fun. What uh let's uh let's get on that. What what are some of the things that you do for fun? Well, I'm getting married in two two weeks. So. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. let's say the wedding will be fun. Like building up to the wedding yeah. is not fun. Like that's, let's be <laughs> honest, I'm ready that's for stressful. It to be here. Yeah, <laughs> catering, uh, phone calls and all that. But um yeah. so all of my extra energy energy is going into that right now. But we've got a lot of family in the area and um boating, a big water guy. I, if there's water, I'm there. Uh, yeah. Beach, lake, it doesn't matter. Pond. Ski, wakeboard, yep. Wake surf. What do, what do you do? I slalom. Okay. Um, and I get injured every year. Do you, uh, do you get up on a solemn or do you have to kick off? No, I, I get up on it, but so I started working out. We were talking again about working out. You did that 75 hard and I started, I did what I call the trash can diet. I don't know that this is a sanctioned diet. In fact, it shouldn't be because I I did a trash can diet. I'm interested. Tell me more. So I did this trash can diet and I did it all the way until, and I kid you not, it, came to a head on Thanksgiving day and I hosted Thanksgiving at my house for both sides of the family. So there's a bunch of people at my house and meaning I, like you, your side and your fiance side, side okay. gotcha. and you know, everybody like 30, 40 people. And I cook two birds. I fry one, which is phenomenal. I'm never going to not deep fry a turkey now. And I, I look forward to this meal all year long. And I 
was in so much pain and there was no, and I went to the two different doctors to figure out what this was and they couldn't figure it out. And I ultimately just decided to stop doing the trash can diet and I felt better and I've never had it. It's what just, what so is the trash? What was the trash can? Yeah. You eat everything. <laughs> you just eat everything all the time. And cause I was trying to gain weight. I was, I was, I wanted to finally, well, I wanted to get stronger. And so like to get up, bulk on, up, yeah, I was trying to bulk up and, and gotcha. what I was doing is midway through the summer I was, I was like way stronger than I'd ever been. And so, uh, I'm only, I've only been slaloming for three years, so I don't have the perfect technique. My cousin's been doing it for like 20 years. He can just pop right up for me. Like I still have to get like in the right uh, pocket to yeah. do it. And if I, I feel I, a little left out here. What is, I don't, it's one you, ski, ski with one ski, okay. ski, ski with one ski and the whole, it's like, it's a comp it's competitive skiing. Like you're, okay. you, you do it so that you can cut, you go back and forth. Like when they do it on competitive slalom, like they go back and forth, see how far they can cut and how quickly they can do a course. Okay. You guys, you guys are both boat guys, and me and Durango are sitting over here like, "What's we'll up?" No, no, not a boat guy. Yeah. We'll like I think they had it in the Winter Olympics, and I'm like, "I'm, I'm gonna take you, <laughs> I'm gonna take you out on the boat, and you'll be a boat guy." Uh, yeah. I, I love boats. I just can't ski. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, he goes, he goes with me. Yeah. You tried once. We're getting you up this. I year. tried once. He ripped my arms out of my socket. I about drowned. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. what. So so I got stronger, and I and I I'm like before I had to have the perfect technique to go, but now I'm so much stronger that I can just muscle through what I probably shouldn't. Yeah. And so midway through the summer, like I, I feel myself starting to go sideways. My, my form is off and normally I should just let go, but then the boat has to turn around. Everyone's looking it at it. Like, it takes too Especially long. takes too Especially if Mark's driving. Yeah. And, and it takes a lot of you. So I'm like, just muscle through it. Well, I muscled through it and I ended up pulling my tricep Ooh. and it was black and blue all the way down. And I was done for the rest of the season. Did it rip it off the, I don't think I didn't I didn't quite rip it, but like he was, was like I didn't go to the doctor anyway. It's yeah. probably fine. Yeah. You sound like me. It's fine. <laughs> For those of you who aren't actually watching this podcast, his tricep is eerily close to his elbow. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I'm sure it's fine. It's fine. It feels fine. Yeah. I haven't tried getting up on skiing. <laughs> so yeah, every summer I ski until I get injured. Where uh, where do you go ski? Uh, Lake Webster. So North Webster. That's where I'm actually getting married. That's where our lake house. Where's is. Where's that? I don't know. Uh, most people know Wawasee is about yeah. 15 minutes south of Wawasee. Oh, okay. Gotcha. That's, yeah, I do know Wawasee. There's like a hundred lakes up there. There is. I, True. That's the one thing that sucks about central Indiana is there's not a lot there's of great lakes. And they're reservoirs. Well, yeah, you got Geis and then you've got Morris. Uh, Morris and you drive all the way down to Monroe. I go to uh, Raccoon Lake a lot. My yeah. my family has a lake house out there and um, it's that's a pretty good lake. But I love it. I love all, all the things that you can do on the water, just being yeah. on the water. I moved to Indy uh, back when I graduated college, and I moved to um, Somerset Lake Apartments at 71st and Dean, and every apartment was on this water, this pond, and waking up on that pond every day was so sweet, and it was a pond, yeah. but I loved it. I have, I have uh, so the house that I was raised in until I was about nine years old was on a lake, then we moved in, into some property, but then after I moved out of there, moved, moved down here to Indianapolis, I've never not had at least a pond. Yeah. I love water. Yeah. Actually, I sent you a picture last night. That we, we live on water now, and um, we've got these ducks that every year they come up, and I mean, I feed them and stuff like that, but they just, they sat around for like two hours with us <laughs> last night. It was it was wonderful. And I literally That's just one- sit there in my chair just staring at them, and they, and they kind of just do their little duck thing. So that's one side of like, I love uh, it. Pond, pond living. The other side is my dad, who's like, you know, HOA, sits with a pistol and shoots the geese kind of. You know. <laughs> oh, I'm also that guy. I hate geese. I love ducks, but I hate geese. No, I'm, I'm a, I got a thing of rocks in a, in a milk jug, and I'll run out there with the, the get away geese. From my, get away from my ducks. Geese. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's the most dad thing I've heard. <laughs> I'm also the dude that's like yelling at people to get off my grass and stuff like that. <laughs> that that doesn't surprise me. When does that start? I feel like that's coming for me oh i got there i got there really quick yeah. like i think i was around i think i was around um 31 yeah and i was just like you, you know like what a i worked real hard that was like trying so i was a kid this is why i hate you <laughs> i was riding to the tennis courts and i lived out on the west side in chapel Glen, and uh, i was riding down the um sidewalk and there's houses here backyard and then there's tennis courts right here and i was riding like a bigger kid's bike and like i was trying to learn how to ride a uh what's it i thought i was taking a picture for you or something uh i was trying to learn how to ride like a 10 speeder mountain bike or whatever and i went off into this dude's yard 
and like Is that like you had to stand a ride because you were so much smaller than yeah, the bike like, kind of like, thing rrr, yeah rrr. like i'm you know i moved out of there when i was in like fifth or sixth grade so i was sometime way before that and uh this kid like older kid probably like 20 or whatever came chucking out and pushed me down and was like get out of our yard and wow. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> you know what I mean? So ever since then, I was like, I, I gotta hate try anybody. That. Just push a kid, <laughs> just, just straight push yeah, a kid man. down. If you're ever having a bad day and you see a kid trying to learn I don't how need to ride a bad a day. If you ride in my yard, <laughs> I don't need a bad day. That's uh, so funny. Yeah. Now my, uh, <laughs> some, somehow this topic came up not too long ago at a family event. And my aunt was like, you're you're i can't remember the guy's name but you're mr so-and-so from the neighbor my mom was like oh my god he, he is i guess they had some old man that lived in their neighborhood that you would yell at him about being in their grass or something yeah and then they called you that guy yeah they were like you just you just like you're him. turning in yeah mr. yeah which i i appreciate thank you and stay off my lawn, stay off my lawn. <laughs> that's so funny um, so fitness, you're, you're into fitness and everything as well. You were actually talking to us about another diet that, uh, you guys, I think you named it created. after a friend or created yeah. or you guys. So what was well, that all about? Fair. You guys all tried a bunch of diets and, and everything. It's not fair. Cause as an entrepreneur, you're, you're known for, you know, what you come up with, what you, what you create. And I created the diet, but my friend lost all the weight. So we call it up. We name it after him. So it's called the Marcus. Oh, diet. that's a bummer. Yeah. That would, that this would tick me right yeah. off. Cause, it, cause if <laughs> I could you imagine if that happened between us, like yeah. we would not stand for that <laughs> not a chance so if we make millions of dollars on it but his name's on it i'm not sure how i feel about it yeah if it turns hey, into like the atkins like, diet hey if i get thing. the if i get the check somehow some sort of royalties like yeah, it be the adam okay. diet <laughs> That's fine. i'm good with it uh, we call it the Marcus diet. And essentially what i did was i i had done those challenges where you know you take two to three weeks and you don't do any you don't cheat at all yeah and then what, what typically happens, at least what I saw in my own life and my friends is like, you hate it. And by the end, you can't wait to have that cheat meal. And then you just back, you, it's a downward spiral and you end up either gaining more weight than you had before, or just like not changing any habits. And it just defeats the purpose. You just have yeah. like a rough couple of weeks while you're doing this stupid diet you don't like. Um, so what I decided to do is like, how can I sell, how can, how can I sustain it long term? And I was just like, well, let's just start with what I'm eating that I can sustain from for five days a week. And then I'll party too. you know, two, two days of, uh, eating whatever you want and five days of being really strict. And so we cut out sugar, wheat, and alcohol. And in a matter of a couple months, Marcus ended up losing, you know, 45 pounds, looked great. Um, and I didn't really have a lot of weight to lose. But I was going to say, started, was he kind of a bigger guy to begin he, he with? Was, though? He was bigger. He was, he was looking to lose more than I was looking to, okay. but I just wanted to be sharper. I wanted to be, I wanted to maintain better. I wanted to feel better. Um, so I started eating better and I think, and I was telling Aaron, uh, before, I think a lot of people, especially in America, we've kind of been brainwashed on like what eating good looks like eating well. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's abstaining from what you shouldn't eat, but it doesn't, no one hardly, you know, really takes into account what they should be eating so that they can feel a way they want to feel later. So like no one says, Hey, I'm going to eat this so that three hours from now I have the energy to do this. And I feel like this, they think I'm hungry. This sounds good. And then they eat. Yeah. And if we could do that, I think we'd change it. The problem is uh, if, if everyone in America would do that, a lot of people would go out of business. There would be a lot of companies that would not have a business because we've kind of brainwashed everybody into thinking that, you know, we haven't even just brainwashed, but even uh, what well, we have done that. And on top of that, the research that's been done to show that the, um, um, not material, but I'll say that material that they put in some food where it literally um, connects to your body's endorphins and, and essentially creates a, um, mm. uh, what's, what's, what's your frontal cortex produced that, um, this is a part of the podcast where uh, people are screaming at their cars. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, not endorphins, whatever, but it's an addictive, it's an addictive yeah. chemical. So now your body becomes like, Oh, where is that? We haven't had that. And, and you literally get addicted to the dopamine? chemical that dopamine. It? That's exactly. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome. Much. People in the cars. <laughs> yeah. That was, um, by the way, Hey Durango, can you go get that bag of corn chips real quick out of the break room? For me? <laughs> He's scratching. By the yeah. Way. That, that was, that wasn't even on purpose. Oh my God. I have a problem. Wait, is that what this is about? Are you guys here to talk to me about my chip addiction? Yeah. All right. Um, this is what we've called you here. <laughs> um, 
yeah, eating 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 for so the, the way book, that you want to feel later. That's uh, that's. And I don't know that this concept was in this book, but like everyone's got a book. Everyone who was not in shape that is in shape now, or wasn't eating well that you know is eating better now. It, you know, probably read something or, you know, finally just decided for me, that book was wheat belly. Um, and it's got a bunch of bagels. They, they got a bunch of like big, they call them bagel, butt, wheat belly. They have all these like, yeah. you know, terminology for basically wheat gluten and what it's doing. Uh, and it's basically in everything that's processed, everything that's processed has wheat gluten in it. Yeah. And just like people who don't even have celiac disease or anything like that are just, you know, it is not, it's not, it's not the same bread that they were making in the fifties and sixties. It's not your. Uh, so that's what I was going to ask you. I don't know how much research you've done on this, but yeah, you hear about I all mean, these the people book. with gluten allergies and all that kind of stuff now. So is that what it is? Like it's it's the chemical makeup of food yeah, has I mean, so has changed. Essentially, what the I mean, and I can't remember if this this particular part was in the book or just research I did afterwards. But in in order to mass produce what you have in some of these products, right? You know, Twinkies, cheese. I love Cheez-Its, but even, even oh my Cheez-Its gosh, fall, those know, are delicious. Especially traveling. Like, you, you know how you like mm-hmm. associate foods with travel? Like that's been the, uh, Coke was for me, like I associate it with so many different meals. So like I have to have a Coke with a Five Guys burger. I have to have a Coke yeah. with pizza. So then like you're talking about the compound effect, like if you're having pizza, it just spirals because you have to drink and eat and maybe you're the guy that has to have ice cream after you eat pizza. Yeah, so it's actually you say, the 50s and 60s like i did a uh science fair experiment like third grade where i like put different breads in different parts of the house and how quickly they molded or whatever like that oh yeah um and so it's funny because it's like it didn't take that long like a couple days right nothing molds anymore i found a loaf of bread (laughs) like that was like this is like a month old and i looked at it and it was like fine yeah. and i'm like yeah. and it was in like a dark cabinet in that the corner like that's i was like dude this is <laughs> sketchy man like yeah. what is this made of because that's not the same science fair bread i used 20 yeah. some years yeah. ago right? <laughs> you know what i mean it's crazy when the kids were little we'd find like a chicken nugget or a cheeseburger like in the back of the van or something that mm-hmm. you knew had been there for mm-hmm. ever yeah. yeah and it looked the same as it did the day you bought it like that, that can't be that can't be healthy yeah if there's a bag of chips he still ate it though yeah oh absolutely <laughs> no i still ate the chicken nugget too and it tasted fine nachos nachos is my thing i eat nachos everywhere i go you know two or three times a week maybe more it's nachos i was gonna say you give me some cheez it's and a dr pepper i'll drive you to florida in 15 hours miami no problem yeah, everybody you hear that <laughs> travel just got a lot cheaper <laughs> cheapest uber ever had. yeah um what are the kind of things you like you uh work out are you are you mostly I, I i tend to find people are either on like the um the food side or the diet side of wellness or the workout side and you know and i say that there's people that kind of manage a little bit of both but typically we we lean one way or the other so are you more of the the eat right, yeah, live right guy. Or are you more of the gym guy? No, the gym has always been more of a passion. I've, I've eating right has only been recent. Um, okay. But working out, like love working out, love, love being active. Um, I mean, I saw a video and here's the thing. I'm going to, I'm going to quote this video and I haven't done any research to know if this is true or not, but like it made me feel really good. So I'm going to say it. this guy said, you can take two guys and one could be, um, in the best shape ever eats well, does everything sleeps well, but does not work out, does not exercise. And you take an obese guy who's not in the best shape of his life, but he works out every single day. Now, granted that guy's going to eventually get into shape, but he is uh, way more likely to live longer is just by being active and exercising every single day. Now, again, I don't know the validity of it, but it stands to reason like you think about it and you're like, yeah, I mean, that's the way we were created is to be active. And so for sure, I mean, the, everyone who's depressed, you ask them what they do all day. They sit in front of screens, they sit yeah. cubicles and everything like that. So yeah, being active. Um, and I've got extra incentive, you know, two weeks from now getting married. So got it. Sure. That tux fits have, right. Yeah, that's right. But, um, no, I, I really enjoy, I I think, I think it should be everyone's passion. I really do. I think everyone should be passionate about taking care of their bodies, whether that's like lifting or running or like, but I think everyone should have a passion for their temple. Something active. And I'll tell you, like, it does make you feel better. 
Like even even if you don't want to do it, and I've been yeah. I've been sitting in that parking lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn it, I don't want to. Like I've had, I've wrestled with it for five minutes before. But eventually, you do it enough, you don't have that anymore. But the, yeah, like but it's just like you do it. Well, and you always bad. feel good when you're walking out. That's the key. Mm-hmm. Like so, yeah. Like you wrestle sometimes. Everybody's got bad days where you're like, you sure. don't want to go, and this and that. But then you get in there, and the days that I don't want to go in, I end up normally crushing it the hardest because I didn't want to. You're so it, ticked off about yeah, it. And, being then, there. <laughs> and then at the end, I feel absolutely awesome and I'm so happy I did it. Yeah. You know, so I actually, uh, the other day I, I, I fell for it and I clicked the link to the dude. I feel like he's on every form of social media. The guy's just completely, I don't have, I have no idea what his name is. Again, people in the car, you're probably <laughs> going to yell this here in a second, but, um, the guy is like just completely jacked and ripped and he's like, uh, want to lose liver weight? Want to lose weight without cardio ever again in your entire uh, life? You know the guy that I'm talking about. Yeah. And so I was like, Oh, yeah, he's a, he's I a marketing do. genius, though. He, yeah, that's, that's where I was he's going. Like with this. Five different body types. Yes, like, that guy. Yeah, I know yeah, the guy yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. So I clicked on it. Uh, he is a marketing genius, and he's like, I'll, sh- I'll show you the the three steps real quick or whatever. I'm like an hour and 15 minutes into this video, and I'm like, Still this guy has sold one. me like seven different products, and we haven't <laughs> even got to step three yet. What is going on? Um, but no, some of, the, some of the stuff that he had in there was actually pretty interesting. Did you buy anything? No, oh, I didn't buy anything. Get out of here. Pathetic. Pathetic. Get out of here. <laughs> no, I, I bought into the concepts that he's talking about. So like one of the things that he's talking about um, that – that I've actually been employing is, um, um, uh, tut T U T time under tension is the key. So you can, um, he said, it's not about how much weight you can actually throw around as far as actually toning your muscles very quickly. It's how much time do you have under tension? So Mm -hmm. if you're doing, um, bicep curls, for example, instead of just going at your regular pace, Mm -hmm. go down a little bit and wait and literally, he said to have that muscle up and down for like 40 seconds. Mm-hmm. So 20 seconds up, 20 seconds down. It burns. Oh yeah. That was a big realization for me because there was guys twice my size in the gym and I would, I would, um, lift right after them and I would see what they were doing like on a cable machine. And I'd be like, man, I can do twice that much. And then I'd look at them and then I'd start to think about it. Like what's going on? Like why, what do I not know? And then I started watching. And I was yeah. like, Oh, they don't care about like, not every exercise is built to be like lifting as yeah. much as you can lift. Look at the numbers on mine. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And then I guarantee they're like with their one rep max is probably 30 times mm-hmm. yours. I was going to say mine, but of course. That's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> when I go to the gym, I use all the weights. Yeah. Yes. It's all of them. Uh, no, actually, it's funny. I've been with a couple guys that like, uh, I work at, there's a, a, a guy named Matt uh, Stumpo. He's a, he's a fireman and, and I've worked out with him a few times and I just feel like a bit of a bitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm just it's like, good to have people like that. I know it does. It is and, motivation. And it pushes you though. Cause he's like, well, like when it's my turn, like he'll just pop a little bit of weight off. And I'm like, bro, come on. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to kill me here. You know what I mean? But like when I lifted, uh, when I did chest with him last time, it was like the most I ever lifted. Cause I had to, I didn't have a choice. He was like, no, this is what you're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's cool. Uh, but no, that that's cool. So, uh, what is there any uh new projects that you're working on anything interesting going on are you just trying to focus on getting your wedding over i I didn't mean to say it that way if you're watching i did not enjoying the best moment of his life up until children yes so my wife tells me i say dumb shit all the time and i will admit that i do and i apologize (laughs) i don't know why i don't know why when you would tell you that honestly like the the wedding planning to be over would yeah. be really nice. The wedding yeah. itself, I'm really looking forward to. It's a, it's a blast. Yeah, we had a big party, man. We yeah. were like, we told everybody, like, hey, we're gonna smash out this. And we're actually doing the quick. whole weekend. Like, oh, nice. Like, it's at the lake house, so people are coming back the next day and Sunday, and we're just gonna make a whole weekend out of it, celebration. So you're having a bigger party, Kermit, <laughs> man. It's like the Godfather. Yeah, you know, it just lasts for days. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So if I come, you can't refuse. Hey, it was a, o- a open a, open invitation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't refuse a, a question or whatever a request. Um, cool, man. But yeah, projects, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm always thinking about the next thing. Um, I know the term serial entrepreneur is thrown around a lot, but I, I totally, um, resonate with that because I think, um, striving, striving for something new, stri- striving for greatness is, is admirable. And I think so, so few of us actually, live up to our potential and um it's sad to me and i want to help other people realize the potential so i've recently just been trying to figure out what products or services 
can help more people and, and, in in an increasingly chaotic, uh, we haven't really talked to, I don't know if you guys get into politics on your podcast and probably it's not a good time to start since we're ending the podcast now, but, <laughs> um, for me, schools is, uh, a, big passion that I have not yet done anything with that I just want to. I think that especially like if you just look at college program, like I graduated with $40,000, $50,000 in debt, didn't use the piece of paper that said I was good at school because I wasn't good at school and it didn't matter because I ended up going into sales. And I think there's a lot of people who are, who've bought into the American dream of college and um, it's shifting so quickly, very quickly. It, it, it needs to, it needs to, because we have so many kids graduating debt, so many kids confused when they get into it. And they're just, it, it, what's crazy to me is like, I can go with a business plan and say, Hey, can you give me money to f- execute this business plan? And they're likely to say no. Then they go to this 18 year old kid who says, I have no plan. Can you give me $30,000 a year? And they're like, yes. And then we're going to lock you in. And it's messed up. It's so, crazy. At, at massive rates. And actually, that's what I was getting ready to say. The same exact thing you said. I think that's wild. Like, people can't get small business loans. It's hard to. But they'll give kids that are like... 120 grand. Yeah, me at 18, dude. Yeah. Come on, bro. Yep. Don't give me 120 grand. And as a business owner, we actually... Uh, I was just talking about this yesterday in an interview with, with a candidate that we had for a director-level position. Um, where, you know, from a... From a cultural perspective, I would much rather hire a high school graduate that has that's an amazing culture fit for our business, that has some tenacity about them, that has a vision and a goal for themselves, than probably ninety percent of college graduates that are out there that are just still you know mm-hmm. used to living in mom and dad's basement. Yeah, because they get jaded too, and, yeah. and what's going on in the schools now? Like it's just. It, you get jaded and you, and you get used to, at least I know I did cheating the system more than just learning. Yeah. Like I learned how to get an A by like manipulation Yeah, instead of just learning the material. And, and, and I, like I told you, like I've become a much better student in my twenties and thirties, uh, reading YouTube university, like For writing, sure. like I'm, I'm a way better student now than I was in college. I think I that, feel, go ahead. I th- well, I think that makes a difference too in general, because I actually had this conversation with somebody the other day. Um, me, Adam, a lot of people like we're lifelong learners, Mm -hmm. right? Like we try to continually listen to podcasts and, and whatever it is, read books, you know, anything that is just have conversations with people. Uh, there are people that go through and get a college degree and then stop learning. Yeah. And well, now it's 20 years later, half that shit's changed. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So you have to, no matter whether you went to college or didn't, um, I feel like you need to always be a lifetime learner because things are especially evolving at the rate of technology that. and the things are going now. Like it is changing. The world is different every year. I'm actually concerned about, again, as a business owner, I'm concerned about um, hiring in the future because is the piece of paper that degree printed on even worth its weight in ink? with chat GPT and, mm. and everything that's, that's coming about. Like, mm-hmm. did you really get that? Or to your point, did you just learn how to get in uh, a passing grade? Like it's, that's almost a skill though. Like learning how to manipulate. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I, I, I definitely learned more about sales in the, and for sure. Then you know, I literally sold my teachers on passing me, you know, like, but yeah, I think, I mean, we're talking about, I mean, there is the 10 to 20% of you know, doctors, lawyers that, you know, you have to be educated. You have to be engineers. Someone else has to tell you you're ready to do something. But, you know, I really feel like 70 to 80% of us need to do something different. Like there needs to be an alternative. We need to have more trade. I mean, you guys know this better, but we need more trade schools. We yeah. need more apprenticeships. We need more electricians and plumbers. Like, and it's going the direction of it being so scarce that you're going to have to play, pay a plumber $50, $60 an hour, $70 an hour. And it's going to be a good living because no one wants to do it. And there's kids out there that need to be told that, hey, it's okay to be a plumber. It's actually freaking awesome. Yeah. And you're going to love it and you're going to provide a family. You're going to provide for your family the rest of your life and you're going to feel fulfilled. And no one's telling them that. They're saying, go to school. That's it. Yep. That's what they're saying. Go to school. Yeah. 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 No, that's true. I actually, I think I had a conversation. Um, month or two ago with uh, my oldest daughter it's um 16 she'll be a junior this year i was like i i I want her to go to college like but i think it's almost more about relationships Mm -hmm. at this point community Um, yeah and like obviously again to your point if there's a specified field 
you know, doctors, lawyers, engineers, like something that requires that, but like, like just a bachelor's of science. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. But it's still crazy. Uh, hey, one thing I wanted to go back, I know we're running short on time, but one thing I wanted to go back on and just get your take. Um, so you enjoy writing. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something Aaron and I have actually been talking a little bit about it just from a different perspective and, and some of the, I want to say research, but that's a heavy word for our conversation that we've been having and just things that we've been learning about how important and significant it is to write, get your thoughts down on paper and all that kind of stuff. Um, when you write, what are you writing about? So I, I find inspiration in almost every moment that you wouldn't think. So like uh, even when I'm watching movies or driving or just watching one little interaction happening, I'll, I'll literally take a note of that thing. And typically when I'm writing, sitting down to write a publisher's note or a, a piece that I want to inspire people, it's typically taking a life lesson that I learned and turning it into a, a teaching moment for someone who's in business specifically, um, but really anyone um, in their life. Sorry about that guys. <laughs> hey, uh, Durango. That's the last time I spilled water all over myself. Uh, this time I threw a coaster. So. You're a liability. In this yeah, thing. I know, dude. I know. <laughs> no, I think, I think that that's really cool. I, you know, I think that that's, a um, the, the more fast pace our world gets because of technology and then the, and then the more, um, the more that the interaction becomes from a human to a screen, you know, whether that's gaming or computers or social media or whatever the case, like we're losing this art. You know, when you think of um, my wife and I, um, not last year, but the year before went to the Biltmore, um, which is an amazing experience to go on. But you know, this guy who, who became incredibly wealthy and built to this day, still the largest home in the United States of America. He was 28 years old. Is when it he still started to this building. day? Yes, it is still to this day. Wow. It's incredible. Wow. And, um, one of the, you know, the things that I found super interesting is you learn about the history of, of, uh, Vanderbilt. I can't remember his last name or his first name, but, um, was that he was fluent in multiple languages mm-hmm. and you look at his library and actually his library is still there when you tour the house. Like the amount of books that he has is just absolutely incredible. And I think it was like six languages or something like it was ridiculous. Um, but then also the, the, a quarter of the books that he had were actually just uh, journals, yeah. just journals that, that he had written. I find that incredibly important in, in becoming a lost art of people actually taking time to think and reflect on, on a day even yeah. like, Hey, what went well, what went bad? How can I learn from this moment? And I think we kind of do it automatically, you know, ourselves, but what, what better to do? Because I also know that research has proven, we've talked about this in the past, that your brain recognizes your own handwriting better than any other language on the planet. So mm. when you write those things down, it actually cements it into your mind anyways. Yeah. There's also, um, there's a link to memory. When you uh, put the pen to uh, paper, there's a link to memory. Right. So that's uh, that faith journals is what I've recently started with myself and I do it in the morning and my girls are watching me. And, and now like my six-year-old asked for a journal and she's writing. And I think that... Um, I have a list of 10 questions. My brother-in-law, uh, Brett, who's still in Cutco, by the way, full recall, mm. um, told me he was doing this and, uh, I started doing it and I have questions like, cause sometimes I think people sit down and like, what do I write? So then I have these pre preloaded questions that I just answer and then I get going and I start writing and it's about my day. It's about relying, you know, uh, for me relying on the Lord and how am I going to like set aside all this noise and then I start going and I don't, and I don't stop. And if you have, and if you stop and you want to keep going, you ask yourself another question. That's really cool. Would you mind sharing those questions with us? If I like now, Oh, you can send them to us and we'll even, we'll put yeah. them on the, in the, in the comment section or something, yeah, but I would like to have them for myself personally. Yeah, definitely. What, I mean, I, one that I think I did this morning or yesterday was like, um, what would create the biggest win for you today? Mm. Uh, it's like a version of a question that I would ask. Yeah. Amazing things happen when you take time to just think about. I'm a, so I'm a big um, top three. Like every every morning I come in, either on a post-it note or on the whiteboard in my office. Like what are the top three things that I need to get done? And I'll and I'll do it like even even at a quarterly level for our business. Like what are the big things that we've got to get done? Sure. And, and so that's a, a little bit of a version um, of that. But just taking time to reflect on how am I driving my life versus letting my life drive me. Yeah. And and if you run out of content for that because, and you're still wanting to go, then you start thinking about how that applies to people. So like, I've got three girls. Um, now you take that question. What would, what would create the biggest win for Charlie today? What would create the biggest win for Haven today? What would create the biggest win for Piper today? And it's different because their kids are different. And then you start relying. Like I tell people this all the time. If you're having a bad day, 
not all the time. Cause sometimes people really experience things that are out of the control, but a lot of times it's just you being selfish. You're focused on yourself. So what's the best way to get out of that mode is you start praying for other people and you start writing them handwritten notes. And then pretty soon you write your fifth handwritten note. You're not thinking about your day. You're thinking about the five people that you've loved on that you're reaching out to. And now you're not having a bad day. Guess what? You're having a pretty good day. Yeah. That's amazing. That's really cool. Yeah, that is cool. I like that. There's no better place to end this discussion than right there and to let everyone think on that for a little bit. Remington, thanks so much for joining us in this conversation yeah, today. I love it's, you guys set up. It's a good good show. Yeah, thanks, thank man. you. Appreciate thank you very that. much for that. Uh, again, thank you for listening, tuning in, watching. However you're hearing this podcast right now, be sure to like and subscribe. Um, Tune in next time to see what I throw or drop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, we really appreciate you. Um, throw some notes in the comments. What did you think about this? Um, what are you journaling? What are you writing on? And what can we grow from as well? We always want to make sure that we talk about that. Um, but what, until we meet again next time. Yeah, I want sure. to know what uh, questions, since we're talking about here, what other questions you guys ask yourself if you do this. So throw that out there. What questions maybe uh, something that we can use. Perfect. All right. Have a great one, everyone.